Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. All right, it is Sunday, the 1st of March, 2020, and it's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. Let's see here. I've got a couple of uh, announcements here. The first is that uh, this past week, I was honored and privileged to baptize one of the moderators on the YouTube channel, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but uh, Nuke Zero, or his name is Lee, I took him out to uh, Turtle Beach and uh, got to baptize him. It was such an honor, and I thank you. And uh, he said, you know, he asked me, he said, I'd really like to be considered a member of this church. And I told him that if you love the Lord, if you love his word, and you're willing to put up with my constant, uh, you know, my verbal foibles, you're always welcome to join this church. There's nothing, you don't have to have any documents saying you're a member. You just, uh, you're a member if if you meet the qualifications of just loving the Lord in his word. So I welcome anybody that uh, has that attitude. And we got people that stream online from various places, even around the world. And uh, they are all a wonderful church family, and it's an honor to know them. Uh, Then we have today uh, some visitors. We've got Rob and Susie Vincent, and they've been in Florida. He's got a job that he was doing down here, and they're on their way back to Colorado. They got a rental car and they flew down, but he worked here and they got a rental car and they're going to drive across the U.S. to get back to Colorado. So I thank you for stopping at the Superior Word on your way through and it's a real pleasure and an honor. Thank you for making that effort. And then we also have um, Ron and Shanna Barra who have been here before, but they just showed up this morning. He just walked in and he's like, hey, Charlie. I'm like, oh my goodness. So thank you for making the effort. And apparently you're going to be here in Sarasota for a while, two months, he said. About two months we'll be back for a month. Oh, I see. In a, two months, you'll be back for a month. Okay. I, oh, there you go. Okay. Well, I like the two months with us better, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> welcome to you. And then we had somebody just walking off the street. Your name is John. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And it's wonderful to have you, sir. And uh, we just uh, hope you have a good time while you're here. And let's see here. Uh, we have oh, one more announcement is that we have uh, the series on doctrine sermons. I've been mentioning that before the prophecy updates. And I would invite you to watch those. Today's sermon is entitled, Once Saved, Always Saved, or Not So. And so you have to watch the sermon to uh, find out if, in fact, salvation is eternal or if you can lose your salvation. The answer is obvious, both from Scripture and based on the nature of God himself. And we will defend that. And so if you come in on the opposing view, I will give you a couple points at the end of the sermon. But basically, the opposing view is wrong. So watch the sermon, find out, and have your doctrine solidified, okay? And then uh, we have uh, our first category, as always, is Israel. And from Behold Israel, Israel's economy outshines several on the world platform with record-breaking 2019 numbers. At its conclusion, the GDP rose to 4.8% in the last quarter of 2019 at the fastest rate in two years. Overall, in 2019, the GDP averaged out at 3.5%, crushing the looming doubts amid the political uncertainty and upcoming election. Even before including import taxes in the equation, growth reached 3.3%. 
Investments jumped to just below 9% and private consumption increased by 10%. Both of these helped bring about such a positive fourth quarter in 2019. Israel surpassed Japan, France, the United Kingdom, most of Europe, as well as Asia and America. Without question, Prime Minister Netanyahu will receive a positive push in the upcoming election on March 2nd, while his leadership is taking the country in such a positive economic direction. In addition to their economic success, according to the World Talent Ranking for 2019, Israel ranked 19 out of 63 countries when it comes to attracting and retaining their workers. This is critical when it comes to keeping your nation competitive on the economic stage. So that's really good news for Israel. It may equate to very good news for Netanyahu. I don't know. We'll see. We've got the elections coming up, and it's always just, you know, take a coin and flip it up in the air if there's going to be anything that comes out of an election at all that's positive. And for the past three elections, the answer has been no. So we'll see where it goes. But uh, one thing that I was asked before we started today is... uh, what do you think? And my answer was, I have no idea at all. I do know that Gantz has been going up in the Arab votes, which may push him over. It may not. And of course, Lieberman, he doesn't seem to like anybody, but he's against Netanyahu at this point. And so he's going to try to keep these coalitions from forming in one way or another. And who knows? That's my answer in a short is I have no idea, but we'll see. From the Jerusalem Post, Israel to build a rail line from Ben-Gurion Airport to, anybody read that? To the Western Wall. Israel's Trans Ministry advanced plans to build a new train station that would directly connect Tel Aviv's Ben-Gurion Airport to the Western Wall in Jerusalem. The project, an extension of recently opened Jerusalem-Tel Aviv high-speed line, will include a new 1.8-mile-long tunnel under downtown Jerusalem and the Old City. This kind of construction in the old city of Jerusalem is controversial. Palestinians object to Israel gaining more of a foothold in the city that they claim as the capital of a future Palestinian state. And archaeologists object to the possible disturbing of artifacts in the area, which my argument is if they're going to be digging and putting in a tunnel under there, they're probably going to find some, not disturb them, they're going to find something. So we'll see where that goes with that. But The project was initiated by former trans minister Israel Katz, who now serves as foreign minister. In addition, it was announced that certain trains that run from Beersheba through Lod to Tel Aviv will resume operation, including on Motzei Shabbat and weekends. So there you go with that. And then we have uh, from Arts Shiva, we have 5,200 housing units for Jerusalem suburbs. Prime Minister Netanyahu announced construction of a Jewish neighborhood of 3,000 housing units in Jerusalem's Givet, Hamatos, and 2,200 housing units in the city's Harhoma neighborhood. Netanyahu made the statement saying, I have huge news. We're adding another 2,200 housing units to Harhoma. I also approve construction on Givat Hamatos. This means another 4,000 housing units, 1,000 for the Arab residents, residents of Beit Safafa and 3,000 for the Jewish residents. Peaceful coexistence in Jerusalem, Netanyahu added, which will never happen, but that's what they think. Jerusalem Mayor Moshe Leon said, today is a great day for Jerusalem. The Prime Minister and I are announcing new neighborhoods in Jerusalem, the Homat Shmuel and Givat Hamatos. These are thousands of new housing units. The Blue and White Party issued in response to the Prime Minister's declaration of the new neighborhood. 
the new neighborhood will be called Diversion Outpost. In other words, Netanyahu is doing this to divert attention away from etc. So it's typical politics over there. No matter what anybody does, somebody has an agenda or somebody thinks he has an agenda. So there you go. From the Al Jamainer, Israel police set to get first hijab-wearing Muslim lieutenant. This is one of those articles that I like to highlight because Israel is always being accused of being uh, apartheid and all that kind of stuff. And of course, that's not true. So here we go. Sabrine Saadi is set to become the first hijab-wearing Muslim woman to attain the rank of lieutenant in the Israel police. She says, I always love to share stories about Arab Israelis since their stories are seldom heard in the international media. So she recognizes the problem. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu's Arab media spokesperson, Ofir Gendelman, tweeted on Monday, congratulations to Master Sergeant Sabrine Saadi, a hijab-wearing Muslim police officer who will soon become a lieutenant with the Israeli police. Saadi comes from a traditional Muslim family in a Bedouin town in northern Israel. She had received some threats from others in her community over her choice of career path, but she was not deterred, stating, I fear only God. Well, I hope she'll learn to fear the true God, but for right now, that's where she stands. But since 2016, when the Israeli government established a special unit aimed at improving policing and security in the country's Arab communities, more than 600 Arab men and 55 Arab women have been enlisted in the Israel police. Now, nobody ever hears about this kind of stuff, but this is what they do there. Eight new police stations have been established in the Arab sector with the intention of adding 10 more. So that's really great stuff from Israel today, and uh, we can see how things are going well for them. They the uh, 3.5% uh, economic growth that I mentioned is really something. We can go back and we can look at our previous president. Okay, he was in for eight years and he's the only president in the history of the United States of America that did not obtain a 3% growth at least one year in office. Okay, now if you watch CNN or something like this, they'll say that President Trump has not yet got a quarterly growth of 4%, but uh, Obama had, I believe they said four of them. And so they try to say, we'll see what he did is so much better than what Trump has done. But Trump has gotten a 3% annual growth. Anybody can get a 4% quarterly growth if they go out and have cash for clunkers. You yeah. pump a bunch of money into the economy and the economy goes up for 15 minutes and then it goes back down to where it was or even lower, which is what happened with him. So don't be deceived by the liberal media if they say that he was a great president with these great numbers. He had terrible numbers consistently, but he had spikes because of these schemes that he devised. So there you go with that from Christian News. Oh, wait, before we get to Christian News, Miss Garrett, would you please come forward? Please come forward. We need you to come up here. All right. And while I'm saying this, okay, because my wife is coming up here, I would like to wish a happy birthday to Susie Vincent. I mentioned her at the beginning of the Prophecy Update, and today is her birthday. So we wish you a happy birthday. And we also have, let me take this down so I can see where you are. This is my beautiful wife, and she also has a birthday today. It was technically yesterday, which is the 29th of February, so she gets a real birthday once every four years, but once every four years, she gets two birthdays. She gets 29 February, and she gets one March, and so this is my special bride of 36 years who is way younger than the years I've been married to her because she's only one birthday every four years, but there you go. Give me a big hug here and kiss, and I love you very much, and happy birthday to my beautiful bride. Oh, what happened yesterday? Did you get a package set outside the door for you? 
Yeah. <laughs> Our daughter showed up from New York. She came all the way from New York just to celebrate my wife's every four-year birthday. So we welcome Tangerine down here, and it's good to have you. And she's going to be leaving real early tomorrow morning. But thank you for coming, Tangerine. It's wonderful to have you here. So there you go with that. I love you. Take care. Okay. All right, from Christian News, um, I would like to make a petition. I've done this about a year ago. Um, we've got our missionary over in China, and I mention him from time to time. I think I'm going to read an article from him. Yes, I am in just about five minutes. But um, he also goes to Russia, and he's got a couple of GoFundMe pages where he takes care of a Russian homeless uh, a place they're building for Russian homeless people, and they have a Russian ag uh, project that they're doing where they you uh, help them to have agricultural uh, sustainability on their own. And he has been working at this for over a year now, and he has not got very high on either one of these GoFundMe pages, but there are a couple of people that have faithfully, month by month, given for these projects. And so they've very slowly been whittled away, but each one of them goes to about $10,000 is the projected goal. And I think one is about 2000 and one is like 2200 So it's a very low number. Uh, we're trying to get some uh, people to be interested in that. So if you want to help this Russian project, please email me and I will send you the link to either project. You can give to the Russian Homeless Housing or to the Ag Project, but I'd like to make a petition on behalf of our missionary in China who has also taken this burden on himself and is helping these people. There you go with that. And then also one more thing, I'd like to congratulate Katie, who is completely caught up with our sermons. She's completely caught up. She's watched all of them now from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. She finished Numbers a week ago. She's finished Ruth, Esther, and Jonah. And she is right now going through the uh, Doctrine Sermons. And so I want, that's a real achievement because we got a bunch of sermons out there and she has seen every single one of them. That's a very brave person looking my face that many times, but there you go. So uh, congratulations to her. Okay, now from Christian News, we have from Breitbart. I have white advantage, male advantage, straight advantage, woke Archbishop Brand's own church, racist. This kind of stuff just roils me. I, it just makes me so angry. The Church of England's most prominent cleric, Justin Welby, he's the Archbishop of the COE, said he is ashamed of our history and of his supposed advantages as a straight white male. The Archbishop of Canterbury was speaking ahead of a vote by the church's general synod to lament on behalf of Christ's church and apologizes for the conscious and unconscious racism experienced by countless black, Asian, and minority ethnic Anglicans in 1948 and subsequent years. 1948 was the year the Empire Windrush ship landed hundreds of Caribbean migrants in Britain firing the starting gun on a wave of mass immigration to the kingdom from its former empire, which continues to the present day. He says, I am almost beyond words. Personally, I am sorry and ashamed. I'm ashamed of our history and I'm ashamed of our failure. When they've been bringing these people here as a gesture of showing that they're not racist, he's claiming that it's a racist gesture. The guy is completely insane. Well, be said of his church's conscious and unconscious racism. It's shaming as well as shocking. It's shocking, but it's profoundly shaming. He continued somewhat redundantly in a speech which even he described as incoherent. 
I have white advantage, educational advantage, straight advantage, male advantage. I'm not ashamed of those advantages. I'm ashamed of not knowing I had them, Welby said. There's no doubt when we look at our own church that we are still deeply institutionally racist. And he's got bishops, black bishops behind him by the bucketful. I mean, the guy is nuts. Anyway, let's just be clear about that. I said to the College of Bishops a couple years ago, and it's true. He added, as a part of a long harangue on what he sees as an excess of white people in England's established church. Most of us in here at the Synod, almost all of us, the vast majority of us, well over 85%, and remember, 15% is roughly the BAME in this country, so if we were representative, it would be 15%. But well over 85%, over 90% are white. He just keeps saying things. He complained. He failed, however to address the fact that a very significant portion of the 15% ethnic minority share of Britain's population belong to Muslim, Hindu, and Sikh faith. So they can't be a part of the COE, okay? Who you would not reasonably expect to see represented at the Anglican Assembly. In other words, they are right up there exactly where they should be in numbers across the board, and yet he's apologizing for it. It's a typical liberal way of looking at this world. It's very unhealthy. It does damage to the cause of Christ. It does not help the cause of Christ at all. There you go. Fox News. Cross-targeted by atheists will remain standing on Florida public property. Woohoo! A 78-year-old cross on public property in Florida targeted by atheist groups will remain standing after a victory in the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. The court ruled that the Bayview Cross in Pensacola, which was built ahead of World War II as a place for the community to gather, does not violate the Constitution. Of course it doesn't. The Federal Appeals Court ruled that the cross is constitutional, noting that it has become embedded in the fabric of the Pensacola community and that removing it could strike many as aggressively hostile to religion. Four individuals represented by the American Humanist Association and the FFRF sued the city in 2016, demanding the cross be torn down. Pensacola Mayor Grover Robinson celebrated the ruling. He says... Pensacola is a historic city with a rich and diverse history. The Bayview Cross is an important part of that history as a symbol of our communities coming together during a national crisis. Good job, Robinson. Today, the citizens of Pensacola will celebrate our long-awaited victory and the preservation of the Bayview Cross. A little victory in a world full of defeats lately. Thank goodness for that. Okay, I said I had something from my missionary friend in China. This is from Less News Services. His name is Less. He says, for your information, all church services are being suspended because of the virus. In China, everyone uses WeChat, a mobile social media app that allows for having conversations that have more than one-to-one at a time. In other words, multiple party chats. When I discussed this idea of a group Bible read with a brother, he said that a number of people in the church, which cannot meet because of the virus, were having their WeChat shut down because of their conversations. I had always hoped that one day China would be more like America, but I never thought it would come to be like this. With China shutting down their free speech, just like our free speech in America is being shut down by Facebook, Google, YouTube, and Twitter, and Americans say they are free So that's his analysis of what's going on. It's another reason why I will get to that when I get to the Revelation plagues. From Islam Today, from the Jerusalem Post, right out of the Bible, folks, Russia, Turkey, Iran, reassert glory of past empires in today's Middle East. 
You talk about Ezekiel 38, it's written all over this article. Three countries, Russia, Turkey, and Iran, oh, let me pull out Ezekiel 38 and see if it mentions any of them, are currently trying to reassert their former influence and glory, harking back to the power and greatness of the former Tsarist Soviet, Ottoman and Persian empires, respectively. In many ways, these three imperial states led by autocratic leaders, President Putin, President Erdogan, and Ayatollah Khamenei, respectively, are similar and have found it convenient to collaborate in some matters, but in most ways, these leaders and their putative empires are very competitive. The difference between these three intended empires and the USA is very stark. While the U.S. is really the only superpower, President Trump has enunciated a policy of withdrawal from the Middle East, the main area of big power conflicts, even though his mantra is make America great again. In this policy, he continues that of his predecessor, Obama, who also had a policy of retraction from the Middle East. That is not true, but we'll just go with it. By contrast, Russia, Turkey, and Iran are all in an expansionist phase, especially in that region. They see the Arab countries as weak and exploitable, and two of them, Iran and Turkey, seek to reassert their former spheres of control there. Russia, it is said, has always sought a warm water port in the Mediterranean, and in fact, Obama's incompetence gifted that to Putin. Now, this is the Jerusalem Post who's saying this. They understand the danger that our previous president did against Israel when he declared his red line over the Syrian regime's use of chemical weapons, and then instead allowed Putin to come into Syria to mediate the removal of those weapons from Assad, he released a monster. Putin got his port at Latakia and then an airfield and then participated in fighting with Assad's regime and saved it from the brink of defeat and brought it to victory at the cost of millions of lives. Syria is now effectively a vassal state of Russia and Putin will decide its fate. Iran has also been active in Syria through its Quds force and the IRGC, whose former leader, General Qassam Soleimani, was blown up by the U.S. It says assassinated, but I like blown up better. There is a relationship between Assad, who comes from the Alawite minority in Syria, and the Shia from Iran. But we should see that as an ideological excuse to justify Iranian expansionism into the Arab world. Although they would be loath to admit it, Shiism is a cloak for the reassertion of Iranian power in the regime formerly part of the Persian Empire. Its influence now extends to Yemen, where Iran supports the Houthi rebels, Iraq, where it controls the popular mobilization forces, and Lebanon, where Hezbollah, its dependent proxy. Turkey under Erdogan, they skipped over Gaza, which is also a proxy of Iran. I'd like to include that there. Turkey under Erdogan has been veering away from the democratic westernized Turkey that Kamul Ataturk foresaw toward a Sunni religious format. In doing so, he has taken on the dubious role of reconstituting the Ottoman Empire. He has entered the Syrian morass, defeated the Kurdish forces, and occupied a 30-kilometer stretch of Syrian territory where he claims he intends to settle some of the millions of Syrian evacuees in his country. He controls northern Cyprus, and his latest move is into, does anybody remember? I've said every prophecy update for the past month, two months, into Libya. He's moving down into Libya, where he has agreed to support the supposedly legitimate government in Benghazi in exchange for oil exploration rights in the Mediterranean. Meanwhile, Russia is supporting the insurgent army of General Khalifa Haftar, who controls Tripoli and much of Libya. 
The reduction of American presence and power in the Middle East, coupled with a reluctance to use that power, has resulted in the proverbial power vacuum. This has enticed these three states to exercise their own expansionist dreams, fueling their own versions of make X great again, where X equals Russia, Turkey, and Iran. How these imperial designs and competitions will play out remains to be seen. No, it doesn't. The Lord has already told us exactly what is happen, going to happen, what is happening, and he even gives us insights into other countries that will join this alliance with them. All they need to do at the Jerusalem Post is pick up their Bible, read Ezekiel 38, and they will know exactly what is coming. It's a marvelous thing. That article there, this is just a secular person in the Jerusalem Post writing an article and coming to these conclusions and seeing what's going on. Great stuff. We are on the cusp of some wonderful things in redemptive history. From Zero Hedge, new stats reveal nearly half of all criminals in Paris ghettos have a migrant background. French newspaper Le Figaro, Figaro, Figaro reports that in certain departments, the number of foreign-born criminals is as high as 47.6%. Immigration population of France is 9.7%. I went online to check that out. So they have 9.7% immigration population in France and 47.9% criminals. Okay, in a related story, the ONDRP also revealed that 120 knife attacks occur in France on an average day with 44,000 victims of knife crime each year. Have you heard that anywhere? I mean, I've never heard that before, and I've read articles for years on France's problem. In January, oh, let me go back a little bit, similar to the United Kingdom, violent crimes also appears to be on the rise throughout France. In January, the number of homicides, homicide attempts, and other kinds of score settling climbed to 380, marking an 18.7% increase from the previous January. Bad times in France, and guess what Erdogan did this morning? Did anybody see the news? He opened the floodgates and he let 18,000 people go up into Europe. And there's more coming. He's going to do it and this place is going to be ruined. It's going to be exactly the way the Bible describes about being beheaded. If you call on Christ in the tribulation period, it's coming. Mongolia, Japan Times, Mongolia archery team cancels their training camp in Ozazaki due to COVID-19 concerns. Mongolia's archery team has canceled an Olympic training camp due to concerns over the coronavirus outbreak. The team explained in a letter that it has decided to forego plans to train in Ozazaki in an effort to keep athletes in top condition. According to the city, the Mongolian government has advised its national teams not to participate in training or tournaments held elsewhere in Asia as the coronavirus continues to spread across China and other countries in the region. The archery team also has plans to train in Ozazaki in July before the start of the Tokyo Olympics on July 24th. So we'll see where that goes, but closing down the world one little country at a time. From Daniel 12 Technology, Mail Online, scientists discover a consciousness switch in the brain that triggers waking when it is zapped with electricity and could even bring people out of comas brain area called the central lateral thalamus found to activate consciousness. I must not have one of those because I'm almost always asleep. But anyway, electrode with 50 hertz of electricity woke monkeys from general anesthetic. When the electricity was turned off from the monkey, it went straight back to sleep. 
Scientists hope that it can be applied to humans and br help bring people out of comas. That is great. Mail online. Scientists discover a chemical earmuff drug that could protect hearing without muting all sound in an effort to prevent auditory problems suffered by a quarter of U.S. soldiers. Imagine that, a chemical earmuff. Between 16.4 and 26.6% of American veterans of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars suffer hearing loss or tinnitus. Researchers at the University of Iowa and Washington University in St. Louis are designing a drug to prevent hearing damage. It works by blocking a faulty receptor that can lead to the breakdown of auditory synapses. When it, the chemical block, was placed in the cochleas of mice, hearing is not disrupted, but damage is prevented. You put a little eardrop in there, and it makes an earmuff. And, you know, I worked at the mall in 7-Eleven every week on Wednesday morning. I got, I went out, I got tired of blowing off this parking lot. I have to walk back and forth. It's like a five-mile walk back and forth by the time I'm done. I do it every Wednesday. And I got tired of taking four days to do a job that I could do in one. So I went out and I went down to Mowers Inc. down there and I said, I'd like the biggest leaf blower that you have. And they said, well, do you want carryable or the push kind? Because push kind are much bigger. I said, no, no, I want a carryable one. He says, this is the biggest one in the world. Can't get any bigger. And that thing is whopping. It's like 60 pounds. You put in a gallon of gas, there's another 8.34 pounds because water is 8.34 pounds per gallon. Gas is a little bit less, but forget that. Anyway, um, so you're walking around with this big heavy thing on your back and it is debilitating. I'm telling you, it is actually debilitating to have that vibration and the sound. And I come home, my wife knows, I have to go and lay down for like an hour because I'm just done. But I get it done in a couple hours instead of four days. So I do that every single week. And then I found out something kind of like this. You can get earmuffs that are active sound repressing. You know what uh, passive sound repressing is, is you just put an earmuff on and it covers your ears. That's passive. But active, it actually makes a pulse so that the sound doesn't come in. I'm telling you, I bought one of those. They were a little expensive, but I don't have that same debilitating. I'm tired because I'm an old guy carrying 60 pounds on my back like a young Marine, but I, I don't have that, that debilitation anymore on Wednesday mornings because of those earmuffs. That would be even cooler, what they just talked about right there. So there you go with that. CBS Local says, and this affects me personally because I have a job at 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven tests cashierless store at North Texas headquarters. You just go in, you don't have any cashier at all. A new 700 square foot 7-Eleven store, that's a lot of S's, has opened in Texas, but this one doesn't have a human cashier. The pilot store at 7-Eleven headquarters in Irving uses a mixture of algorithms and predictive technology to separate individual customers and their purchases from others in the store. The concept location offers some of the most popular products sold at traditional 7-Eleven stores, including drinks, snacks, groceries, and non-food items. Ultimately, our goal is to exceed customers' expectations for faster, easier transactions and a seamless shopping experience. Introducing a new store technology to 7-Eleven employees first has proven to be a very productive way to test and learn before launching to a wider audience. But there are requirements to actually shop in the cashierless store. To test the store, employees must download an app, sign up, and check in at the store before shopping. The receipt for the purchase automatically appears in the app when the customer exits. So these are employees that are being tested on this thing, and it will never apply to me because I'll never own a cell phone in my whole life. But if you want to go you know, to 7-Eleven and not have to have a cashier, 
You just carry your phone around and you swipe what you want here and then you take it up there and you swipe it and you're out. And But that won't affect my job because I clean the parking lot, I clean the bathrooms if necessary, I fix things, I clean the windows, all that kind of stuff. So my job is secure. You're not going to get a robot to do the things I do. He'd be like, I'm gross. I'm not doing this anymore. So, okay, um, let's see here. Um, uh, oh, you know what? Something happened this week. I wanted, you know, I always add photos onto the YouTube video of the Prophecy Update, and I just kind of make it interesting. And I wanted a picture of the 7-Eleven on Siesta Key that I take care of. So I typed in Siesta Key 7-Eleven, right? And you know what came up? I've been taking a sunrise photo now for like 15 years. Every single day of my life, I walk out, and when the sun is rising, I take a photo for people on Facebook and, uh, you know, a couple other social media things. People just want to see it, so I post it there. Okay, Pinterest is one of them. And when I typed in Siesta Key 7-Eleven, my sunrise photos came up because it was on 7-11, meaning July 11th, and so I had a bunch of photos from 7-11 over the past year. So if you want to see some of my sunrise photos, just type in Siesta Key 7-11, and you're not going to get 7-11. You're going to get my doc looking out over the bay. Anyway, it's kind of funny. Revelation Plagues today from Investment Watch. Global crop failures continue. In Australia, this is going to be the worst harvest ever recorded. Global food production is being hit from seemingly every side. Just so you know, this is Investment Watch. This isn't some goofy website. This is a place that just watches investments, okay? Thanks to absolutely crazy weather patterns, giant locust armies in Africa and the Middle East, and an unprecedented outbreak of African swine fever in China, a lot less food is being produced around the world than originally anticipated. Even during the best of years, we really struggle to feed everyone on the planet. And so a lot of people are wondering what is going to happen as global food supplies become tighter and tighter. The mainstream media in the U.S. is so obsessed with politics right now that they haven't been paying much attention to this emerging crisis. But the truth is that this growing nightmare is only going to intensify in the months ahead. In Australia, conditions have been extremely hot and extremely dry, and that helped to fuel the horrific wildfires that we recently witnessed. And everyone knew that the agricultural production in Australia was going to be disappointing this year, but it turns out that it is actually going to be the worst ever recorded. Australia's hottest and driest year on record has slashed crop production, with summer output expected to fall to the lowest levels on record. The country's agricultural department said it expects production of crops like sorghum, cotton, and rice to fall 66%, the lowest level records since uh, began in 1980-1981. The continent of Australia is considered to be one of the bread baskets of the world. According to the USDA, in 2018 and 19, Australia exported over 9 million tons of wheat to the rest of the world. But Thanks to relentless crop failures, Australia has started to import wheat, and that is likely to continue for the foreseeable future. So instead of helping to feed the rest of the world, Australia is now relying on the rest of us to help feed them. And what is happening this year didn't just barely break the old records. In fact, one senior economist says that this will be the worst summer crop production the country has ever seen by a large margin. Of course, if the rest of the world was doing great, we could certainly survive a downturn in Australia. Unfortunately, that is definitely not the case. Right now, billions upon billions of locusts are voraciously devouring farms in Eastern Africa and the Middle East. It is a nightmare of 
epic proportions and UN officials are telling us that this crisis is only going to get worse over the next couple of months. I don't know if you've been watching the locust plagues, but they are everywhere and they, they go in and they'll eat an entire field in minutes, minutes and it's gone. From the Washington Examiner. Now, I'd like to say something before I read this article. It was on February 9th that I uh, first announced that the coronavirus was a hoax. And I've been belittled for that. I've been maligned for it. I've had people get angry at me and say all kinds of things. And there's every conspiracy theory in the world out there on this. And I said, this is a hoax. Okay. I said that uh, it came out. Now, I don't know. I believe. I don't know anybody else that reported that before me. Okay, but I did report it on February 9. If somebody can find someone that said that before I did, please do. I had it actually figured out by about 5 February because I do the update throughout the week. But having said that, um, the uh, people in the world are starting to see this as well. I had said that was the week that Trump was vindicated in the impeachment. Mm -hmm. And it was the week that Trump had signed the USMCA. And I said, this is a diversion to keep eyes off of Trump and what he is doing and the greatness of what he is doing in this nation to rebuild it as he promised. He's the most promise-keeping president in the history of the United States of America. Hands down. Nobody, they've done the statistics and hand down, he is way above anybody else, okay? And I said, this is a diversion, okay? And everybody's been said, I'm wrong and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. I, I, I can take it. I'm a big guy. I'm a small guy, but I, I'm big. Okay. Anyway, what happened this past week? Some of you heard this. If you listened to him, if you didn't, I'm going to read it. Somebody must watch the Prophecy Update because he said it last Monday. Rush Limbaugh claims Chinese are trying to weaponize coronavirus to bring down Trump. Now, the Chinese have a problem with coronavirus. I don't deny that, and I never did. Outside of China, the numbers have been appallingly low. Despite all of the hype, they have been very, very low. China has its own thing, and they can afford, China can afford to lose a couple months or a couple quarters of GDP in opposition to what Trump has had them sign. He has told them, we are putting these sanctions on you. No president. They've all pr promised that they would. Every one of them. I read you that article about that as well. They've all promised that they would sanction China and they would get these things fair finally. And none of them ever did. They backed away. Trump has not. And so if they can make their economy go down for a couple months to destroy Trump, hey, Rush Limbaugh is absolutely right. He thinks the coronavirus is being sensationalized to hurt President Trump. As the stock market falls amid the spread of the virus, which it's spreading, but it's not, it's a common cold. That's what it is. And it is way lower than influenza. I'll give you the numbers as I have each week since then. Limbaugh claimed the outbreak was being used to bring down Trump, dismissing the virus's symptoms. From World Meter, here it is for this week. This is as of yesterday. 86,000 cases of coronavirus in the whole world. 2,942 dead. 39,801 have recovered. Okay, that's the number in the whole world. Rest of the world, 107 have died. U.S., 68 and one died, and that person had medical complications, which was exasperated, just like a person with the flu will die. That's what happened. Okay, and they made this giant thing out of it. But there you go with that. In the whole world, 107 people have died. We have more than that die of influenza, meaning the common flu, in one half of one day in America, every single day. And nobody says anything about the flu. Here are the numbers for flu. World, 64,460 dead. There's almost as many dead as entire cases of coronavirus right now. In the United States, 29 to 41 million people have had the flu. 280,000 to 500,000, somewhere in that area, they don't know, were hospitalized. Half a million people hospitalized from the flu. In America, 
we have 68 people with the coronavirus, okay? And dead, 16,000 to 41,000. They don't know the exact numbers, but that is a lot of people. And that's only in America compared to 2,942 dead in the whole world. It is an attempt to get away from the nationalist and the populist uprisings that are coming around the world. And they are trying to get the world to be scared and we need a global government. That is what's happening. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. That's as obvious as it could be. That's obvious. And I said it back on 9 February. Go back and watch the Prophecy Update again if you don't believe me. And that is what is happening. Don't, let, don't be scared of this. And if you get coronavirus, you're going to have a sneeze. And if you're old, you might die. I'm pretty old, so I might not make it. But it, it's, it's no worse than anything else that has come out. And the statistics, here it is. Voitenko News Service. Voitenko News Service in Israel. I just saw Israeli news. This comes from Voitenko News Service. He said this yesterday. I just saw Israeli news. A famous active doctor in Israel finally said the truth on the public news. Coronavirus isn't any different than the regular flu. Mortality rate is at 0.1%. If taken all ages into account, unlike they're doing on the news lately, is only to count the elderly or 50 plus, which I am, and then mortality rate is significantly higher, just like the flu. Infection rate is the same as seasonal flu. The flu is killing our children in America this year. I read that a week or two ago. More kids are dying of this flu than most other flus in the past, okay? It hasn't harmed coronavirus a single child yet. Don't get panicked. Don't go out and there are people up in New York this morning. I read an article beating each other up at Costco to get supplies. There's no reason because this is what the left wants. They want chaos because they have a president that is doing what he's supposed to be doing in this nation. Okay, morality today. Zero hedge. I said that I was going to announce this last week and I stopped because I didn't want to say it. But remember last week, three girls sued to have only girls race against only girls and no more, uh, you know, these people, these guys that want to pretend to be girls so they can win the athletics. Zero hedge. Girl who sued to stop biological males from running girls track defeats trans runner for championship. She beat him. Good girl. It was only two days after filing a lawsuit against the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference that Chelsea Mitchell made a much bigger statement than one she could have made in the courtroom. She had sued because the CIAC was permitting biological males to compete in women's sports, leading one trans runner to win numerous titles in women's events. So Mitchell decided not just to make a statement in court, but also to make one on the track. She defeated trans runner Terry Miller in the Class S 55-meter dash with a time of 7.18 seconds in the state championships. Mitchell didn't think her win could negatively affect her lawsuit, and I hope it doesn't. I don't think it could go against us. There's still tons of girls that lose on a daily basis, she said. Biological male Miller had stated in 2019... I have faced discrimination in every aspect of my life, and I no longer want to remain silent. I am a girl, and I am a runner. I participate in athletics just like my peers to excel, find community, and meaning in my life. It is both unfair and painful that my victories have been attacked and my hard work ignored. This is a guy that's just pretending to be a girl so that he can beat the girls because he's a loser on the guys' team. That's all that's going on. Yahoo. Onward introduces the first LGBTQ character in Disney animation history. So now even the animators are doing it. It's just they're throwing it in her face. They're destroying our society. But guess what? Genesis 6 says that there was wickedness that covered the whole earth. And Jesus said that it's going to be like the days of Noah. 
And here we are, the wickedness all over the world, even at Disney, little animation, got to have your characters, don't even know who they are anymore. Okay, our other category, journal posts, White House releases financial report, says Trump financial system has shattered downbeat projections. In just three short years, we have shattered the mentality of American decline, and we have rejected the downsizing of America's destiny, President Trump mentioned in an announcement which capped a listing of accomplishments together with the bottom unemployment in half a century and the actual GDP progress that has beaten CBO projections every year. The outcomes recognized as historic embrace 5 million extra jobs added than the CBO projected previous to the 2016 election. Thomas Philipson, performing chairman and vice chair of the White House Council of Financial Advisors, launched the report saying that the U.S. economy continues to outperform pre-2016 election expectations, delivering inclusive gains to American families, pushing again towards claims that the Trump tax cuts disproportionately favored rich people, Philipson famous record low poverty charges for African people and Hispanic people, in addition to sooner wage progress for the underside 10% of earners than for the highest 10%. Since President Trump's historic tax reform, the lowest earners have enjoyed faster wage gains than every other income group including the net wealth held by the bottom half of households has grown by 47%, more than three times the rate of increase for the top 1% of households, which is exactly what you don't hear on the lamestream news. Trump wrote in a letter introducing the report, these results did not come about by accident. Instead, they were supported by our foundational pillars for economic growth that put Americans first, including tax cuts, deregulation, energy independence, and trade renegotiation. This is why the left wants coronavirus, is to destroy this and to say he's a failure. They're calling it Trump virus on Twitter. Trump virus, because they don't want this man to continue to excel, because they have a globalist agenda, which he is stepping right in front of. He's got a train coming at him, and that train has just stopped because of him. From the Washington Examiner, national satisfaction reaches 15-year high, greatly increases Trump re-election. People are practically giddy with the economic improvement under President Trump, and they believe by a two-to-one margin that it will only get better. The latest Gallup survey also found that the good feelings have helped Trump sustain his highest approval rating at 49%. In the survey, 45% are satisfied with the state of the nation, the highest since February 2005, said the Gallup analysis. Good job, President Trump. From the Free Beacon, Supreme Court lifts last bar to Trump immigration rule over furious Sotomayor dissent. So we now can do exactly what he was going to do with the immigration rule on these people. Okay, from the Epic Times, Trump administration starts enforcing public charge immigration rule. Does everybody remember I talked about this a week or so ago? If you're on the public charge or if you can be, then we can deny you a green card. You cannot be on the dole and get your green card in this country. So the first one was Sotomayor said, that's not fair. You shouldn't be doing this. The second one, he is enforcing it. Third one, mail online. Line of people signing up for Medicaid and food stamps vanishes as Donald Trump's administration brings in crackdown on green cards for people claiming benefits. In Arizona, there is a a priest that came out there and he said this line every day was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people long. He says, nobody's there anymore. In just a day, they realize that this man is serious and he is going to meet the agenda that he promised to the citizens of the United States of America. 
Not one person in here that I know of is opposed to immigration. We all have a good friend that wants to come back to America. And we want him to come, and he is coming because he's an entrepreneur, he's intelligent, he's willing to be productive in the society. It's not fair to the society when people are brought in that do not do that, and they suck off of everybody else. Okay? Mail online, little... Yeah. Mail online, flat earther. Flat Earther, Mad Mike Hughes dies at 64 after crash landing his homemade steam-powered rocket during a launch in California. He's a flat earther. He wanted to fly up to the heavens and prove that the earth is flat. He didn't make it. Hughes crash landed on Saturday near Barstow, California. And I will tell you, the footage is pretty cool. He's steam-powered, and he goes way, way up there. I mean, he's, he saw that the earth is round. There's no doubt about it. He saw the curvature of the earth. And then he started coming back down in the... Parachute didn't open, and it's just this little boom in the desert. He's gone. Anyway, um, yeah, the incident shows Hughes propelling himself into the air on steam-powered rocket. The rocket plummets back down to Earth before hitting the ground. Hughes was a well-known daredevil. I'm sorry he died, but it was cool. Engineer and conspiracy theorist. He wanted to launch himself into space to prove that the Earth was flat. Well, flat earthers believe that there's a dome over us, so he'd hit that and blow up anyway. All right? My comment is... The earth may not be flat, but he sure is. Okay, I've got a couple of less ricks for you. My friend out in California said the same thing I did. Uh, Kyle out in California said that too. He's, he's flat. Um, okay, but I got a couple of less ricks here for you. I took Kathy and Les's, or Les's and Kathy's, and I tied them together because they were both good and I'm a little short today. So here we go. I got two less ricks for you in one for your viewing pleasure. Um, I want you to guess which article that I've given you, I base this on, okay? Tied to a rocket and lit, then crashed after a parachute split. He won the award that Darwin affords, you live long if you're mentally fit. It was truly exciting at that to attempt to show the earth is real flat. Sadly, Hughes is now hushed and conspiracists crushed that instead of gone up, he went splat. <laughs> Okay, I got a couple ironies here for you. Once again, I'd like to wish my beautiful wife of 36 years a very happy birthday. Actually, it's 35 years and almost 36. Yesterday. Very happy birthday yesterday. And Sue over here, Sue, that's right. I'm, yes, okay. Um, she uh, has also a birthday today, and we want to wish you a happy birthday. And if you noticed, we saw somebody walking in with a birthday cake a minute ago. She was late for the update. It's a big cake. You get some cake for your birthday. We're going to have a double birthday party here. Okay, there we go. My ironies this week are called Hi Chicago, except it's not H-I. Okay? H-I-G-H. Hi Chicago. Mail online. Chicago cops hunt thief who stole weed from inside a cannabis amnesty box at Midway Airport. So he got into the box and he stole the weed. So hi, Chicago. The second one from hi, Chicago. These girls knew where to go. Okay. I'm not condoning these girls. I no longer like them. I would no longer support them based on the agenda that they have been pushing in recent years. But it is a rather funny irony of the week. W-R-E-X says, Girl Scouts cash in selling cookies outside of Chicago marijuana dispensary. Oh, because they got the munchies and they were selling them out cold. So there you go. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is a superior word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.